0: Aspire to Lead listeners, I hope you had a wonderful week. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me as I have the wonderful opportunity to speak to a fantastic principal. And before we get to that conversation, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Toddle. Several listeners reached out within the last couple weeks and asked about the recordings for the School Leaders Boot Camp. And there were so many fantastic presentations and presenters, and they wanted to know if they can get access. And the answer is yes. You can still register to get access to the School Leaders Bootcamp. So head over to the show notes or my website, joshtemper.com, Click on the bit.ly link, and that will get you a free pass to those recordings. If you're wondering what Toddl is, Toddl is an all-in-one teaching and learning platform used by over 40,000 educators around the world. If you want to learn more, head over to toddleapp.com to learn about the many features offered in this wonderful platform. You can hear from other educators on how the application transformed their campus and district, or you can dig into the many case studies that they have online so you can look at how they streamline all their teaching and learning needs with the toddle application. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. All right, Aspire leaders, I am so excited to have this guest. I got to meet him in person at Teach Better 22, and it was phenomenal to have him on Podcast Row to have him as a speaker. I got to go to a session with the wonderful Michael Earnshaw and Joshua Buckley. I just am so appreciative, not only to be connected with you, but to have you on this
1: podcast. Well, Josh, I feel like we're gonna go Josh, Josh a lot today. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I am stoked to be here and to chat. It was was great to meet you in person at Teach Better. It was great to be a part of Teach Better 22 and just get the energy and all of that so i'm super stoked to chat i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to it and at that at that moment we're like oh we, you're like i gotta get you on the show and i'm like you do and months later here we are here we, we made it happen it <laughs> is made here. it happen
0: i'm gonna call you yeah. buckley so we don't do that's Josh's fine job. yeah teach better 22 i want to get your yeah. insight on the experience as you yeah. went through it all through the weekend you know looking back
1: what were your thoughts I You know, it was a really great opportunity to kind of connect with people because I, I think when I think of like my connections end up being a lot of folks on Twitter. And so to be able to see those people like for real and like, go. Oh, you're a real person. Uh, some one person told me I was shorter than they thought. And one person told me I was taller than they thought, you know, because when we're all just a, a head in a circle, like yes. it's, it's funny. Uh, but no, it was really great to kind of connect with anybody. And it was really awesome to kind of just hear from other educators and, you know, to be able to pick what sessions you wanted to go see and, and hear from and, and kind of what you're interested in. I really enjoyed it because it was a really close knit, group of people right so you know we got to kick it off you know we had the get together the the, the night before and that was awesome to be there and just connect with people and then just to keep spotting people throughout the couple of days it was really nice to be like oh hey yeah what's up man and you know and then you go to do your next thing and then you see him again it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it it's awesome
0: man so teach better yeah. 23 is coming up soon Ah, uh, we made the announcement. I don't know if you saw Buckley, but we just announced the keynote speaker, which is C.J. Reynolds, who is nice. phenomenal. Yep, he, he is at, fantastic. He was at Teach Better 19, Teach Better yep. 22, and now he's going to be our headliner. So super excited and stoked for that! Make sure you go to TeachBetterConference.com to register for the two-day event. And then, of course, we got to learn about you. I mean, Buckley, you've yeah. been on the show before, but you were with your your buddy. So you're solo now. So for those who may not have caught those (laughs) episodes, I would love for you to share about your leadership and educational journey.
1: Yeah, I've been in public education for this is year 17. So 17 years in public ed. I was a classroom teacher for 15 years. But during that time, over the last... Oh, what was it, six years of being a classroom teacher, I served as my local union vice president and president. So that's kind of started a lot of my my leadership work was then I was never a, a department chair or anything like that as a high school teacher. Uh, but I served, you know, as president and was also kind of working with 3000 teachers from across my district. You know, we're in 85 school, 84 school district and, you know, working with a lot of educators and then just being a part of a lot of district conversation. So that's kind of where my big leadership piece started, having to kind of take something and, and build it and do something different with it and kind of like grow something. And then I, I was president for four years. And, and when that was winding down, I knew that, you know, I was going to term out and I had to figure out what my next step was. Um, and so that I was that person who always said, yeah, I don't want to be an administrator. Right. Like that was I had a mass. I got a master's degree a long time ago, but it was not administration. I thought, you know what? I'm never I'm, I'm you know, they're, they're going to wheel me out of my classroom. It's going to be right. I'm either going to die in my room or like they're going to have to forcibly remove me at some point. But during those years, doing all that work at a district level and really being involved in, in supporting teachers and helping teachers across the district, I said, you know what? I think this is this is what I want to do. I, I want to go to administration. And so I didn't my very last year serving as president. I was like I was in I started my master's program again and I did my internship at an elementary school. I was a high school teacher. Um, I taught middle school and high school for 15 years. And then I decided to switch gears and and wanted to do something different. And uh, my wife is a high school principal. Uh, We met teaching together as high school teachers. We taught on the same campus. Twice at two different campuses, we talked together. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, for me, it ended up being this thing where I wanted to try something different and there was something really appealing. I did a lot of work. We have 50 some elementary schools in my district. So a lot of my work as, as, you know, in the, union work or association work was with elementary teachers. And so I felt like a pull to go do that. And so I did my internship and I absolutely fell in love with, with being in elementary school. So after that internship, I spent a year as a title one specialist. So, um, you know, working on our, you know, federal grants and budgets, coaching teachers, kind of doing quasi administrator work on campus, you know, not being in a classroom, but also not evaluating teachers per se. Um, I evaluated classified staff and, and stuff like that. And then this year I am an assistant principal at two elementary campuses. So in my district, if you're an AP at the elementary, they split you between two campuses. So I spend half of my day on one campus and then I hop in my car drive to the other campus and spend the rest of my day there. And then they flip the next week. I go morning is one place afternoons at the other. So that's, that's where I'm at right now, man. That's, that's my life. I have the next step in my journey. I, I, I go in front of the school board in just a couple days and, uh, if that all goes right, they'll vote yes. And I'll be the, uh, I'll be uh, the new principal at uh, Highland Arts Elementary, which is an arts integration campus in my district. So really excited about that. So
0: super excited, man. Congratulations. Yeah. I know Thank you're you. working so hard and I love social media, you know, seeing your journey. I feel like every other day you're in some sort of crazy suit or <laughs> you know doing something in the yeah. hallways to yeah. engage the kids and, and build yeah. relationships. And I really want to talk to you. Cause you know, when we were at the conference, I, yeah. we had talked about you coming on and I loved hearing about your insights on just your new role and yeah. we're learning. So, you know, for yeah. those who are aspiring leaders that may have, maybe they're thinking the same thing as you is like, I never want to be an administrator ever. <laughs> I, I have my certificate, I have my licensure, but um, I don't want to do that. You know, for now that you've been in the role for a year yeah. or almost a year, you know, what are some insights that you've gotten and what would you share with those who are aspiring to lead?
1: it's always a piece where, you know, I, I was a, uh, as a classroom teacher, you have this impact on your little group of kids that you have in your room. Right. I, I served as a high school teacher for a long time. So I would have about 150 kids each semester cause I taught semester long classes. So, you know, that, that felt really good. You impact 300 kids a year, but 55 minutes at a time. Right. So being at the elementary school now and being able to kind of like be with, you know, I have 500 and, 540 kids on, on my campus. If you do both my campuses, it's like almost a thousand kids. So, but like, you know, being on both of those, being at that campus, your impact is just different. And I and I think you're not in the classroom anymore, but you get to kind of build those relationships that you love so much as an educator in different spaces. So for me, that's in the cafeteria or in the hallway or on the playground or at parent pickup or drop off. And then you know, when you have those kids who just need a little extra a little extra support, you get to kind of be that person who gets to listen. And I mean, there's I mean, you know, I deal with behaviors on campus. I have to do, you know, discipline and consequences and stuff with kids. But you build a relationship with kids that you never really built as a classroom teacher. It's different. Do I miss it sometimes a little bit? But, you know, I, I have such a bigger impact, I think, this year and then last year serving the Title I specialist, like helping every teacher and every kid on campus. That's a really good feeling.
0: This podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network better today better tomorrow and the podcast to get you there you can find out more at teachbetter.com slash now let's get back to the episode and I've heard you speak on this before but you know you you really are passionate about building your scene at a school yeah. and I, I put mm-hmm. quotation marks for those who yeah. can't see us <laughs> but what is what is the scene and you know what are you doing on your campus to, to build that
1: Yeah. I think, I think the big thing for me is, you know, I will talk about this a little later. I think I do a podcast called the punk rock classrooms podcast. I'm a co-host on it. And for me, like music and punk was such an important part of who I was growing up. And in, in that community, there's always this thing called the scene, right? So it's like, who's going to the shows, who's playing on stage, who's putting on the shows, who's putting the flyers together, who's working the door, all those things. Who are the people who are there? And it's really, you know, a punk rock term for community, right? However you want to put it. And I think for me, that's the biggest part of, it was the best part about being a classroom teacher was building that community in my room, right? Um, Celebrating the kids who came through my door, helping those kids who needed a little extra support, whatever it was as a teacher listening to kids and then doing something awesome together, right? Like, having that connection and then turning it into when you're in the classroom learning and growth. Um And I think that's really important as an administrator, right? Like my goal is to make sure that, Everybody feels like a part of our school community, every kid, right? Every staff member, whether that's, you know, my facility assistant who, you know, cleans up our campus every day, or it's my front office secretary, or it's the third grade teacher, right? Like making sure that they feel connected and a part of what's going on and knowing that I believe that they're an important part of what happens, right? Um, I think that's really key. And and you build those relationships in a lot of different ways. Um, One is just really being present, right? Being there, it's really easy as a classroom teacher it was really easy to get siloed in your classroom and not step outside of the four walls of your room but that makes the profession really lonely and the same thing is really easy as an administrator right like you get caught up in paperwork or you get a call, caught up in calling parents or you get caught up in a discipline issue and then you just get burned on that thing and so you spend the next 30 minutes in your office cuz you're like i just got to i got to shake this off but I will tell you the thing that helps me shake that off is to go go walk through a kindergarten classroom where you're a rock star right like have I I've never felt cooler <laughs> than walking through a (laughs) kindergarten classroom because every kid's like i saw you i'm like yes you see me every day i get you out of your car but man yes i love it (laughs) so there's just something really exciting about that i think that presence is a big thing and then really just like learning about your kids and getting to know their names and your staff and finding out what's going on and checking in on them you know i have a handful of kids that have been on my radar and i pop in and i see them in class or i check on them in the cafeteria or on the playground and those are my those are like my, my special cases, right? The ones I need to see all the time. But I always try to make sure that I've got time for kids and time for my staff. And I think that's really important is to, to build those connections and build that scene. Because once you do that, anything that you need to take care of, the, the academic piece, the learning piece, the, the hey, I need you to, you know, try this thing instead of what you're doing right now. All that becomes a lot easier when you've built that common goal and, and that that kind of community together. All right. So as a new administrator, are you feeling like you're underwater? So it took until about October. Um, So we started school in August. Right. So it took until October break, which is first quarter. So it took all of first quarter for me to realize that I couldn't do everything. And it really did, because I think one of the things that I really learned is in my previous role as a classroom teacher and in my role as like a union president, I was the wealth of knowledge, right? I knew everything I needed to do. I was an expert in what I was teaching. And I felt at that point in my career as a, as a, you know, in my, in my later career as a classroom teacher, like I knew how to handle anything that was thrown my way. I was an expert in the classroom. Then in my union work, I amassed so much knowledge because I sat on every committee and I did this and I did those trainings. I felt like I was the expert. So if something came up, I knew what to do. I was directing people exactly on what I needed to do. When I became an administrator, though, it really became the, oh, crap, I'm not the expert. I hadn't amassed enough knowledge. And that can be really difficult because I think educators are problem solvers by nature. And I would say like myself in particular, I am solution oriented. And so I get, in, I, I get in trouble with my wife sometimes because she'll just want to vent to me about something. But I'll like go like, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we try this? You know, because she's an administrator, too. She's a principal. She's a high school principal. And she'll go like, I don't. We don't need to like we don't need to brainstorm this. I just wanted to vent to you. But I just think it's natural sometimes for educators to try to solve problems because we do it a million times every day. And so it took until about October for me to realize that I couldn't do everything, And especially because I'm on two campuses that I couldn't. There were things that I had to say, you know, I'm not I can't do that. I had to tell my you know my principal, like, you know, I'm not gonna be able to, I can't do this one. I just I don't have the bandwidth in two campuses, or I'm just not gonna be, I don't know it. And then it was also just finding people who know that and they're and, and have the 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 capacity and the the talent for it, and really plugging those people in to be supportive and 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 be helpers and and do those things. And that was tough. That took me a while to figure out I couldn't do everything. And I I still struggle. Now, I think one of the things that I I deal with now is I'm a person who goes like, okay, this thing is going to happen. I don't know all of the information yet, but I'm going to my brain is going to try to come up with every possible barrier or every possible pathway and then figure out what I would do for each one. That's like naturally what I do. And so I have to like rein myself in. Right. Like that's what I dealt with a lot this year. Buddy, I was dealing with that for 10 years straight. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure like it doesn't go away, right? I know it doesn't go away. I just think it took until about October for me to realize, yeah. Okay, I can't do everything. Yeah. Right? There are some things that I'm just going to be able to, like I can't but I know who can mm-hmm. or I don't I can't find that answer right now, but let me show you where it's at or let me hook you up with a person who can. So funny. right? And it's I just I just had to do that a lot. Yeah. Um and and it's tough because at an elementary campus, it's. I mean, we have a lot of. We have some support stuff, but there's only two administrators on campus, right? So I'm there half time, and my my principal's there. I mean, we're lucky. I have a Title One specialist on both campuses. They, they they're fantastic. I have an instructional coach on both campuses. They're fantastic, but they have a lot of stuff going on too, right? And so you're. It's just balancing it all. I think that was the hardest part for me
0: yeah totally and your uh, story about you and your wife are very similar to me and Leslie she's <laughs> like okay take your admin hat off for just a moment and just listen
1: and I'm like, but I can't it's very hard. It's very yeah hard.
0: we're gonna pause for a moment to talk about one of my favorite sponsors Papa Rob's coffee no surprise I'm currently drinking my second cup of the Papa Rob's special blend Rob has a wonderful variety of medium and dark blends available at PapaRob'sCoffee.com. Definitely check out each and every one of his blends. However, I have a subscription. I actually have coffee delivered to my door. It's fantastic. It's fresh. And then of course, don't forget that as an Aspire to lead listener, you get a free code here. Aspire 15 gets you 15% off your entire order. Head over to PapaRob'sCoffee.com. I know you're going to enjoy every last drop of this phenomenal blend. It's fresh and comes right to your door. So make sure you go over to the website, Aspire15, and grab that 15% off. And now back to our wonderful guest and interview. Yeah. All right, buddy. So let's talk about uh, surprises for the year, right? So, you know, you already talked about like, you you know, it's a learning curve. It took you several months to feel comfortable to kind of start delegating, find your experts. But I'm always curious for the new admin. I get joy. I don't know why of of the surprises, (laughs) right? So, you know, you walk into your role. I don't know about you, but I felt like I I knew everything as far as like what the expectations were. And then I quickly found out that everything is on fire. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you're just not prepared. I think one of the things that when you're a classroom teacher, you don't see all of the little pieces that happen in the office all day. And it's not that one job is, is more important than the other or someone's putting out, but there's just different fires in the classroom. You're putting out a thousand fires every day and you know what those are, right? You don't know. I mean, they're different every day, but I think when you're in your classroom, you don't you don't see all the things that blow through the office sometimes. And I will also say like as a teacher who didn't have a lot of behavior problems in my classroom, right? Like that was not something I struggled with as a teacher. I, I, you don't realize like what that's like when you put so many other classrooms on a campus. Right. So I think that was a big thing for me is just, you just finally seeing everything. And I also tell you like, I'm on an elementary campus. So there was stuff I never dealt with as a, as a high school person that like I had to, install like you have to have a bathroom buddy at, on campus because we had poop problems in the primary bathroom so like you had to take like you went in and you had to have a someone come with you and stand outside the bathroom and then when you were done your partner and you had to make sure the bathroom was clean and then you could go back to class <laughs> because we had some culprit getting it everywhere <laughs> So those are just the little things that you like. Those things are just bizarre. Um, I had some some conversations with parents this year where I had to explain what certain emojis meant and I had to explain what certain terminology meant to them. And those were not Those are difficult. Those are those are just conversations that I was like, I did not think I would have to have this conversation. Yeah. This year, but here we are. Um, You know, like this is what this emoji means. This is what this was, and like what? Like just, just like crushing, crushing a mom's view of what they knew or didn't know. I mean, those things are, I think, are the biggest differences. Because when you're in your classroom, you're in control of, of the aspects of what goes on in, in your room, right? When you're not, when you're out of the classroom and you're an administrator, you get the things that get out beyond that control. And so it's often the the thing that's 12 steps beyond what you would do in your classroom, you know, what you would allow in your classroom. And so that can, I mean, that was the big, the biggest thing there. And, you know, just how many kids throw up, right? <laughs> I, I can't, as a teacher, I think two times in 15 years of being a classroom teacher, did a kid puke in my room, right? But once, once you have everybody's classroom everybody's puking all the time i swear yeah, always so much interior so much events. vomit there's so much vomit so that was surprising to me how many kids puked in a day <laughs> between the bathroom and the throw up buddy i don't know yeah you, you yeah it's a- it was it was an interesting it's an interesting life as an elementary administrator you're really selling it <laughs> i am i am it's look i will tell you what I get to do really dumb stuff to you had mentioned, you know, my social media. I, we had an author come through who wrote a book of, it's the cactus or the dance of the cactus, something like that. She's a, you know, an educator in Arizona and she wrote this book and, and when she goes to schools, she has a cactus costume that she asked the administrator to wear. And so I took one for the team and I wore the cactus costume you look cool and I, to to, buddy. You look I had great. to, I had to, I had to, I had to dance, I had to do yoga I had to do all of this stuff. Yeah. And then she found out I played guitar because her, her friend is a teacher on our campus and she goes, Oh my gosh, can he play a guitar? Can we do name that tune? So I'm in a cactus costume with a pink electric guitar, <laughs> play and name that tune uh, with a room full of kindergarten to third graders. It was good times. It was good times. You get to, I get to do that. And that's a yeah. blast, right? Like that's fun. And, or I get to pop in, you know, to a fifth grade classroom when they're doing a review and I get to see if I'm smarter than a fifth grader, right? Like all of those things happen. And, and that's, I think the, the blast part of the job. There are some things that are tough, just like there's things that are tough in the classroom as a teacher, but then you got to make those moments or find those moments to someone was like, Ooh, man, you had to wear that costume. I'm like, yeah, but I get to be an idiot. This was this was great, you know. It's the best part of my job today. Was this? Oh, for sure. Sweating, sweating my butt off in a cactus costume. <laughs> Kids absolutely love it too. And just oh, they thought enjoy, it was great.
0: I mean, when you do something silly and crazy like that, I mean, yeah, you to make their day. And then they they
1: they never forget. They talk it. like no, they talk forever. You know, at lunch today, I was walking in the cafeteria and it's like, "You're the cactus." I'm like, "Yes, I'm I'm the cactus." I thought like my head's sticking out of it. it's my face and my beard, but they're like cactus. I'm like yeah, guys, I was the cactus. Don't even remember.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah. you playing a guitar. That's a, probably a perfect segue yeah. to go into the Punk Rock Classroom podcast. So yeah. for my listeners, if for whatever reason they're not listening and subscribed, you know, what is your podcast all about and who did you yeah. guys create the podcast for?
1: So, I, you know, the, the main crux of the podcast is, you know, my co-host and I, we uh, grew up in the punk rock music world, right? I was in bands and played guitar and went to a ton of shows. Mike was a punk rock kid with a, with a bleached mohawk running around shows in suburban Chicago. Um, So for us, punk was that thing that we found that we fit in and we, found our home in as kids and it kind of changed who we are as adults right i I think that all those things i learned at shows and being in a band have really impacted who i am as an adult and what i believe in and and mike and i met through teach better uh group like you know teach better chats on twitter and he shared a blog where he quoted a new york hardcore band and i was like did you just did you quote this in an education blog? And he's like, yeah, man. And we really connected and we said we should do something with this, right? Because like we we both felt that punk rock is a big part of our life and we, we think it's a big part of who we are as educators. And so the podcast really focuses in on the idea of like this punk rock mindset of, you know, passion, unity, DIY, you know, bringing all of that into the space as administrators or classroom teachers or teacher leaders or, or, or whatever you're doing in the education realm that. That concept, those those things that we learned at shows and in the mosh pit have a perfect place in education. Right. Like I was a kid and I'm uh, on the shelf next to me right now is sort of like my my punk rock shelf. And so there's like a CD that I put out when I was in a band a long time ago. There's a, a Jones soda bottle. Um, when the photo is at a festival I was at and I'm in the photo, you can see me and the band on stage. I would never open that Jones soda bottle. Now uh, it would probably be disgusting, but it's been on my shelf forever. A buddy of mine put together a book of all the flyers from this promoter that we did shows with back in the day. And there's a tape on that shelf, which is the first thing we recorded when I was in this punk band, we recorded it in my garage on this crappy four track recorder, you know, I drew the art for it. We photocopied it. We made a bunch of copies on cardstock. We cut them out. We folded them. We put the labels on all We you know, dubbed the tapes and put the labels on all the tapes. And that for me is a lesson in education, right? Like that tape is still with me. And it's like one of my prized possessions because I did that. I made that. I remember it all because I I did that. And so I think if, for me, the classroom space, the education space, kids should walk away feeling that same thing. They owned it, they did it, they created it, they kind of set out, you know, their own experience. And it's an experience for them, right? We we want learning to be real. And we want learning to, to students to walk away from that, having accomplished something and created something and whatever that thing is. And for me, that'll always be that education piece for me, like everything I like, I still use Photoshop today. And why did I learn Photoshop? Because I was in a band and we needed to make CD covers. Right. Why did I, like I learned how to use a copy machine because I went to Kinko's and made flyers for shows. Right. Like I had to learn how to, you know, use maps and get around the Midwest because we were driving from venue to venue every weekend. And, you know, I, all of those things, like the reason I know computers and I could do HTML is because I learned it. So I could, Make a website for a band. And I think of the, all the lessons I learned meant so much to me. And I still use them today because I was able to have, it was around my passion. And I think if we can create that for kids, that's, that'll help them hold on to that for a a much longer time. I mean, there's always things you're going to learn that, you know, we, we, we do a liberal arts education, right? So do I use the Pythagorean Pythagorean theorem anymore? No, but we set me up to be able to use it if that's where life took me right um but I think the more moments we can create for kids that are real and they can own them and it can be theirs I think the better off we are and really that's what the show's about we talk about that and all sorts of stuff I feel I went on a giant tangent um, but That's what the show is to me is sharing that idea and that that concept and and taking those things that we learned from being punk kids and how they impact the classroom. If you just you don't have to be a punk rocker, you don't have to have a mohawk, you don't have to wear your Chuck Taylors and, you know, your ripped you know jeans or whatever you i mean we have an episode where we talked about like what's your punk what's your passion what's your thing that you apply to your day-to-day life you know and and how can you use that to influence you as a teacher or an educator um so i don't know we're we're for people and we always talk about music so if you want to hear bands that yell a lot you could check out the ones we always mention every week but you know that's the show that's the show
0: Well, it's one of my favorite podcasts out there. So make sure you go over to teachbetter.com slash podcast. You'll find a bunch of other podcasts too, but punk you'll Rock find our podcast. Yes. Is on there. Um, also, you can go over to punk classrooms.com. It's also your yep. website. So definitely check that out immediately. So for those who are listening, if there's something they can do tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership journey, what would you
1: advise them to do? To me, find that mentor right? Like that's been, that's been a really key piece for me. I've had different mentors along my time as an educator, but when I did my internship, I found the right person to do that internship with. Right. And, and she's had an amazing impact on me as a, as a leader and as an educator and as a learner, you know, I was lucky enough to work with her as a title one specialist and then be her assistant principal this year. Next year, we both go different ways. She's going to be a district leader and i'll take on this role as a new principal but i'm super excited because she her new role is being a principal coach in the district so she's coaching all of the new principals so like my mentor i like she gets paid to do that now right like so but that's super i I would say that that's really important find that person that you can talk to who's going to be honest with you and that you feel comfortable taking constructive feedback from because that's the only way you're going to learn. I mean, it's really easy to think that we're awesome at what we do all the time. But, you know, today she told me that's something you're going to have to work on. I'm like, you're right. I know it is. I know it's right. But, you know, you need that person. And I would say as an aspiring leader, find that person that you can talk to that can help be that mentor for you. I think that's a really integral piece of it.
0: Yeah, that honesty piece. That is so it's so yes. true. I yeah. Need someone to really ruffle your feathers and tell you exactly what is going on and not just be a yes ma'am or yes sir person
1: or a cheerleader which is all important yeah look i i like it when she's like oh good job you did that really great but i also need her to tell me when i screwed something up and be like oh here's how you should here's here's what you should do or you just need that sounding board before you make that decision you need that person that you can go like hey this happened this is what i'm thinking is this dumb or not you know
0: (laughs) for sure All right. Buckley, how can folks connect with you on social media if they want to learn more about all the wonderful things that you're doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram and on uh, Twitter. The handle's the same on both. So it's at Josh R. Buckley. So you can find me on both of those. So Josh R. Buckley on both of those. And if you're looking for the podcast, it's at Punk Classroom. So both of those same things. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and you can find the show on Instagram, Twitter. All
0: right. Bonus question. Yeah. Favorite comic book character
1: oh man i uh, batman i'm surrounded i'm surrounded by you can't see this people listening but it's a very plain wall behind me it but is. the wall i look the wall i'm looking at is just full of comic books and uh there's a batman shelf on my in in my office in both of my because i have two offices because i'm at two schools one school has a shelf of batman okay. behind me just a bunch of batman figurines that i've collected over the years and then the other one on the wall there's a A paint, an oil painting of Batman, or at least a print of an oil painting. Uh, My buddy. Uh, bought it for me it's batman it's you know uh adam west batman making the worst the worst face on earth but it's on my shoulder it's like over my shoulder on on the wall funny aside i had to do my finalist interview with my superintendent on webex from my office so i'm online from my office and i'm talking to her and there's this the dumbest looking painting (laughs) of batman over my shoulder and she goes i like that batman's with us today i'm like right (laughs) <laughs> just, i forgot that this is totally just comforting stupid. you just yeah it's just comforting me right in the background yeah no well, batman is is probably my favorite yeah. that's awesome and you got a comic <laughs> book podcast yeah i i do a po- comic book co- podcast a buddy of mine have been doing it for a long time he now he teaches in uh germany so we oh, talked right. together a long time ago and then he went international so comic exposure is the awesome. podcast i'm gonna have to check Bye. it out
0: i'm a comic book fan myself so yeah. yeah absolutely love it well buckley you're doing phenomenal things and like i said before i i am just so honored to call you my friend be connected with you learn from you and uh i just appreciate your time so much yeah thank you for having me on man. i
1: appreciate it